0: is Sober Reference. You're listening to A Sober Story, digestible conversations filled with evidence that you can do anything without picking up a drink. We share more cost-free resources on our website, www.soberreference.com, and hope you'll connect with us on social media. Search Sober Reference now and look for our logo. For more information about today's guest, visit our show notes. We hope you find this content valuable and leave feeling inspired to drink less, live more, and meet your potential. Enjoy. So we're talking about finding your purpose, living your purpose. I kind of want to understand first what it was like for you when you were drinking, what you thought purpose was, how you thought maybe drinking helped you with your purpose. I know for me, there was a lot of like social ambition with drinking um, and how you feel like drinking hindered your purpose. Tell me about what it was like.
1: Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. Um, Well, you know, like most people, I picked up drinking as an adolescent. It's something that I started doing in late high school and college. And I thought at the time that it really allowed me to tap into this more confident version of me. I got to say that I partied very hard in college. That was like what I was focused on. So I picked up some pretty unhealthy habits around alcohol right from the get go. However, something started changing as I got older, as I got into my mid to late 20s, I started to, you know, value my career and then I got married and I bought a house. And so I basically took drinking something I was really overdoing and kind of shoved it into the weekend. So from Monday through Thursday, I used to live this pretty healthy lifestyle. At that point, I would do yoga classes. I would drink green juice. I would meditate. But then every single weekend, like clockwork, alcohol was around and you know, really just making me feel so depressed by Monday morning. I would go out and do all the normal things, you know, hang out with my friends, go to a game night, sushi night, have some wine at home, whatever it was. But like clockwork, every Monday morning, I felt like crap. And I really couldn't shake the feeling. I thought that something was inherently wrong with me and that, you know, I just couldn't figure out the right amount of alcohol in my life, no matter how hard I tried, even though I was trying so much to get healthier as I went on. And it was really maddening, you know, like just the rules, the moderation, trying to drink less, breaking promises to yourself. You know, it was years of that. And I can actually say categorically, I drank more in college than I did at that point, but I didn't have rules back then. I didn't care. I was kind of carefree. And so at this point, the pain was actually much higher, even though I was maybe drinking less than then. And so what was really interesting is that, you know, I didn't know this then. I couldn't say this to you. I thought I was just doing what everyone else was doing and kind of the normalized behavior. But We have this thing in our culture where it's like TGIF, right? Like, I can't wait for the weekend. Can't wait till it's Friday. Can't wait till we can go out. Can't wait till we can, you know, get over this horrible work week. And that's what I was doing every single week. Like, the week couldn't go faster so that I could get to the weekend and get my reward of drinking. And I didn't realize how unfulfilled I was with my work week, with my actual job and career. And so, anyway, I decide. After years of just trying to drink less and moderate all these things, I decide to take a break from alcohol. And it was that dry January that I was kind of introduced to it. And it really changed my worldview because before I always thought like, OK, if I stop drinking then I have to label myself, I'm going to start going to these meetings. I going it's going to mean so much about me. And I think that really kept me stuck for so long. But dry January was this invitation for me to just try alcohol free life without having to go around and explain it to all these people. And so I did try January and it was honestly just such a breath of fresh air. Like there were obviously challenging moments and so much changes happening, but like all the drama, all the like mental gymnastics, all the mental chatter, all of the indecision, all gone, right? Like alcohol is off the table. I'm sleeping better. I'm waking up feeling amazing. I have so much more pride and self love for myself. But towards the end of the month of January, I don't really believe. At this point that a normal adult cannot drink it's like a code in my mind adults must drink right it's how you fit in at social events it's how you get ahead in your career all these kinds of things and i drank a few times that february and the contrast was so like eye-opening you know like even a few drinks would completely ruin my sleep i even noticed this huge drop in mood so in january i had this like euphoria i was feeling really good like just much happier more present too And then, you know, in February, a few drinks would make me cranky and frustrated and drop my mood and then make me feel groggy the next day. I was like, wait a minute, you guys, like alcohol is not what I thought it was. And I decided to take another break in February, which basically I've been alcohol free ever since, almost five years now. And just my entire life has changed so much. And so, you know, something that has changed that I think all people experience when they go alcohol free, you know, your health improves, your mindset improves, your emotions can improve. There's just so much happening in the body when the cacophony of alcohol and the toxicity of it isn't around. But something that I really recognized for me is that I got hungry to discover what I really wanted in life. You know, so alcohol was really this like trick. It was like we'll give you a moment, momentary gratification over here. We'll make like fireworks go off in your brain here so that you're content to not actually do the things you really want to do. And I had for so long had so many wishes, you know, like I wish I was an author. I wish I had a business. I wish I didn't have to work this nine to five. I wish I had financial freedom. And it's like, if a genie came into my life, I would totally be able to tell him all my wishes, but was I ever doing anything? anything to take action on what I wanted in my life when I was a drinker, no. No, not like the big stuff, right? I could show up for other people. I could get my MBA. I could do all the stuff that society told me to do, but my deeper inner dreams were not getting worked on when I was drinking. And so it was when I changed my relationship with alcohol, I started getting all this confidence too. You know, you go two weeks, three weeks, five weeks without drinking. And you're like, holy hell, who is this person? And what else is she capable of? And that confidence really started getting me to beg the question of what else I could do. And from there- you know, I started to really introspect deeply about what I want in life. And I knew I wanted the freedom from work. I knew I wanted to make an impact in other people's lives and really truly feel like I did what what I was doing for work was fulfilling. I wanted to travel, you know, I wanted to just really feel like my life had meaning. And I started slowly but surely kind of carving and designing that life for myself so that five years into the future, I can't even recognize that past version of me.
0: I have so much that I relate to on this. Um, first and foremost, just hearing that back in your drinking days, the kind of dual personality, and I mean that in a sense of like compartmentalizing. During the week, I am healthy, I am career oriented, I can check all the boxes, and then on the weekend I can, you know, kind of let loose a little bit, be more relationship oriented, and try to find what I'm hearing is like a balance between this kind of heavy working lifestyle or the typical, you know, what we're sold in terms of nine to five lifestyle and a sense of freedom, which, as you mentioned, back then only came on the weekends. Um, And then I really resonated with like the immediate relief that I experienced when I stopped drinking, no more mental gymnastics. And it's taken me years of sobriety to really understand the deep, deep layers of mental gymnastics that I have around alcohol. And it's not even just like when I drink a drink and I'm expecting myself to drink another drink, whether that's tomorrow or next weekend or whatever, I'm thinking about when I'll drink or how much alcohol there'll be. Not even in this intense way, but just it, I'm thinking about it. And of course, you know, my drinking did get to a point where I was thinking about it pretty consistently and that became, you know, a real job. But what I, the sneakier pits for me were even when I got sober thinking about how much other people's drinking affected me thinking about, can I relate to other people who are drinking? Do I still have to go to these events where people are drinking and just really still concerning myself with all of this, like, alcohol is a part of life, and how am I going to, how do I compare myself against other people now that I identify as sober, and they don't, and it just really became a whole nother job to create an identity around who I am as a sober person, who other people are or are not as non sober people. And when I first stopped drinking, though, it was a huge relief just to cut out that initial, like, I'm not thinking about if I'll have a hangover on Sunday morning. I'm not thinking about if I'll have two drinks or three drinks tonight, or five drinks tonight. You know, so that I really resonated with. And then this idea that sobriety is a catalyst. It 100% is a catalyst, one of the biggest I've ever experienced. In a, in a sense that, similar to you, within a year of getting sober, I quit a really sexy, kind of like fun, fancy job I started a life coaching business, I became a yoga teacher, I totally flipped my life upside down. And, you know, funnily enough, again, a couple years later, I, I have started a whole new different business in financial services. And like, my life is not what I thought it would have been period. And I can say that almost like every couple of years, like things just keep getting to change. What's interesting, and what I want you to digress on a little bit is this idea about confidence. Because in my experience, it's one thing, Yes, building confidence, doing something like I've stopped drinking and that's showing me that I can change. I can adapt. I can grow. And that builds confidence to perhaps start a business or something like that, which is like such a big thing, by the way. Like I always think back and I'm like, holy shit, like I actually created something from nothing. Like that's such a big thing. It's such a big thing. But what I'm curious to hear you talk about now is Because I'm finding myself at this point, again, where with sober reference, it's not my main source of income. It's not a source of income, period. And I still feel this passion and desire to create something bigger. It's like my core value of legacy really wants to shine through in this space because sobriety has been so transformational and meaningful to me. Yet I come up against a lot of mental barriers. I think they have something to do with worthiness. Like, does my story really matter in this space? how different or important could it be? It could be around just like resource limitations. Do I have time to do this? Do I have the knowledge to do this? Do I have the energy to do this? Can you talk to me a little bit about the challenges that you started to face in building this new like purposeful life? And, you know, maybe just like give me advice based on what I just told you, like what would you say to me?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think like, There was such a false sense of confidence that alcohol, like I thought that that was a huge reason why I drank, you know, I'm an introvert. I grew up really shy. So like, to me, it was this magical elixir, you know, that turns me into an extrovert. And it wasn't until I realized how much it was deteriorating and eroding my trust in myself, my self-esteem, my confidence, and started to develop that within instead of, you know, outsourcing it to alcohol, that thing started to really change. And so, you know, obviously I, I ditch it, I'm going alcohol-free and it's just like these sparks are getting lit up. Like, holy hell, I never thought I would be one of those people who doesn't drink for a whole, you know, two months, three months. Who is this woman? Right. And it just started to beg the question, like, what if, if all the other stories I've been telling myself are also wrong? You know, so like, for example, I worked, I used to work at a university before this and I worked around entrepreneurs. So we would help students like launch businesses and stuff but I could never be an entrepreneur. You know, entrepreneurs were these white guys from Silicon Valley who knew all this tech stuff and had angel investors. Like there was nothing about me that screamed entrepreneur. You know, I'm foreign. I grew up not speaking English, like I'm shy. And so I made this like big mental barrier of like who's allowed to play in that game and who isn't. Same thing with being an author. So I actually always did want to be an author. It's something I did actually identify as something I wanted, But like drinking completely gave me writer's block. I used to write so much when I was an adolescent and a a kid. And then I started drinking in college or so. And like, it's a whole decade of my drinking that nothing is ever written, like not even journaling, you know, and it's really sad when someone loves to write and like really dreams of writing. And it was the first few months I'm going alcohol-free. I noticed my journaling's coming back. I'm writing voraciously, you know? And I'm, I, I used to do these new year resolutions where when I was still drinking, where I was like, this is the year I write my novel, right? And so I would do a new year's resolution. Like this year you write once a week for an hour or whatever. Every year I do it for one week and then it never happened ever again, you know? And so there was a point where I was just like, Carolina, this is never going to happen for you. You don't have the discipline. You don't have the creativity, you know? It's just not going to work. And so I was so low, I think in confidence and self-worth at the point of drinking that when I'm going alcohol free, like all of a sudden it's just like this re-empowerment to just re-question everything. Like who says you can't be an entrepreneur? Who says you can't write this book? You know, just the, the fact of journaling again is like, you know, I think I'm prolific. I think there's like a creative energy here that I can go for. And I think too though, like, so we have to start casting a bigger vision. And I think I really let myself do that. Like, it's almost crazy to me to think this, but back in 2018, like almost five years ago, I was like, you know what? If I'm just going to dream big, I want to be an author. I want to get a book deal. I want to go on book tours. I want to have a huge business making all this money. And I want all that to happen within six months. Like I literally thought that, right? And I, I, I'm so proud of the version of me that dream dreamt so big. And what's so crazy is, yeah, her timeline was a little fast, right? But all those things actually ended up happening just like slower than I thought. Right. Because I was willing to just say, like, say if anything were possible, And I don't have to know the how, how to do anything. What would I actually want? Like, what would I envision? So what's this big vision? So I I think start with there. And there's a few guiding questions you can ask. So first of all, all of us get so stuck in this money trap. Like, well, that won't pay, right? That won't, you know, make me the money or I can't quit this or whatever. Take money off the table. Like, you won the lottery. You don't need to make any money. What would you want to do to make a legacy and an impact in this world, right? Cast a really, really big vision. And from there, it's going to be freaky because you have no idea how to do it. And nobody does. Like, nobody has the how. Nobody understands how to get from point A to point B if they've never done it before. So the how is not your job. It's the what and the why. And I really do believe that our intuition will show us the baby steps we need to take to get from one point to the next. And so that's what I was doing. I just took little baby steps. Like, okay, maybe I'll just buy a website domain. Okay, maybe I'll just look up to how to file an LLC. Okay, maybe I'll just put this discovery call link up there, you know, maybe I'll just get certified here. Like it was the smallest of steps that added up to really build this business. And in in addition to that, since we don't know the how necessarily of how it's going to happen, confidence isn't often the first thing we get. You know, obviously I get this boost of confidence from going on call free, but when it comes to any new skill or anything you've never done before, first we have to build competence. And competence is the very act of just practicing something over and over and over again. And so I think like you know a lot of people are like ah you know I don't want to go on video or I don't want to you know talk to these people or pitch this or do that and it's like clearly of course you don't because you've never done it before like it's you're not supposed to just naturally feel like you can take it on it's going to feel really scary but the more you practice it over and over again the more that that confidence will build and i think in your specific situation you know like your heart is guiding you to the things you care about to the passions you have to the interests you have for a reason you know like i think that In some ways, the things we love and care about are divinely given to us. And they're divinely given to us because we are the person who's supposed to do something with that, right? And it's totally fine to have multi-passions. So some people are really interested in five different things, right? And I think exploring them and seeing how they'll work in your life, whether they'll be your careers or how they can just add on to skills. So for example, I love to travel. And back when I was still drinking, if I just had these pipe dreams, I would have been like, Well, maybe I'll be like a travel blogger or maybe I'll be like one of those people who gets paid by hotels, you know, to like stay in places, you know, like that isn't exactly my career whatsoever. I have nothing to do technically with the travel industry, but I travel all the time and I host retreats for alcohol free women. So it's like I took something that I was really passionate about. I didn't make a full time career out of it, but it actually melded really, really well into the business I do offer and I get to express that passion. And so, you know, I think for you, like these questions of, you know, we get the imposter syndrome or just like, is, is this even needed or available out there? Like there's so many humans on this planet that will never relate to me that will never relate to Annie grace or Holly Whitaker, that just like their messages just go psh, through them. Right. But they're going to relate to you and they need to hear it from you and they need to hear it from your experience. I think every single person is as unique as their fingerprint. You know, they have such an incredible gift to add to the world. And just imagine if so many incredible leaders and movers and shakers like stop themselves. Cause they're like, Oh, that, that already exists. You know, imagine if like Google didn't come out because they're like, well, you know, I don't even remember what it was called, like discover net, right? Like that already exists, you know, they already have a, a search engine. And so, you know, I've lead with your passions and really just take the next steps as they're guiding you towards that. Um, and all the voices, you know, I think obviously they're just there to try to protect us. You know, it's like our ego and our safety net is trying to make sure that we're safe. But in these cases, like there's no saber tooth tiger, there's no scary monster out there. That's going to get us. Like we, have the, I think, emotional intel- intelligence and maturity to handle whatever comes our way. You know, what if I have haters? What if people criticize me? What if reject? What people reject me? People think about that kind of stuff before they even get started. And it's like, you'll deal with that later. Plus you'll have a lot of the emotional intelligence and uh, evolution just in your spirit to be able to handle whatever comes your way, you know? And so like, I think, taking action is so just brilliant to do. Like for anyone who just has any desire on their heart, take the first baby step, call someone, you know, who's doing what you want to do, research your website, you know, sign up for this class, whatever it is buy the book, like take the first baby step and the universe will reward you.
0: Thank you. I I feel like what you're talking about is so relatable, just honestly, to the idea of sobriety. It's like, Start with one day, you know, start with one event, start with, and I even remember like there was a, it was while I was drinking in college and I decided not to drink on Halloween, which was like kind of wild because it's such a big drinking night. But I was just like, I'm going to not drink this night just to see what it's like and see if I can do it. And it was awesome. Um, but similarly, kind of talking about business or passion or life purpose, it is, it's so true. love what you said about competence it's giving ourselves permission to just get in the arena and start practicing like just get in the arena start practicing and i so relate to the the big dreams little time frame uh, i think that's where my head was at when i quit that job 5 years ago and i was just like okay i've got 6 months worth of savings and i'm going to get a life coach certification and you know at that point i had The idea that you could make, I mean, you can, people have done it, make $100,000 in your first six months, and people have done it. However, my experience was a lot more challenging than that type of immediate success. And while I, I didn't kind of get to that dream in that particular career phase in my career development, I learned the best skills, so much about myself, and it completely allowed me to establish the type of leadership that was necessary to start my financial services business which I never thought I was going to go back to financial services once when I quit that job before and here I am I'm like okay so it kind of makes sense now i needed to do that thing to be the person who could do this thing and i'm saying this to you because i'm kind of taking in that beautiful advice you gave me and reminding myself that i don't have to know exactly what the 3 year picture is I can let myself be led by what's exciting right now. I'm ordering t-shirts. I'm um, looking up website designs. I'm getting in contact with NA beverage people. Like I'm making connections. Why exactly? I have no freaking idea. I mean, I've journaled a bunch of cool ideas. Like at the end of the day where I'll be in five years, I'm okay not knowing today as long as I am taking some sort of action today or this week that it's like the relationship between me and my soul. I need action so that my soul rem- knows that I'm not forgetting, that I'm not forgetting just how important like I am and how valuable I am. And as you said, how uniquely created we are. I have the purpose and the passion and the desire for a very unique reason because something's supposed to come through me. And I love how you kind of shared that, you know, unique is your fingerprint. Because I do believe that like each of our voices are meant to be heard by particular people. And there's a magic to the way that, you know, we connect and we either miss each other or connect. And thank you so much because I find that my my thinking can get very black and white. And I want to know the five-year outcome so bad what you've reminded me again today, and I think this is so relatable to just sobriety in the journey that it is to, or like just trying to do like a 30 day challenge to not drink is we don't really have to think about what will it be like at my wedding? What will it be like five years from now? If I'm not drinking, why don't we just take an inspired step today or this week? And that is like, for me, an easier way to live, a more peaceful way to live. And it's, a more manageable way to live. I can kind of handle today. <laughs> but, but as soon as I try to control 3 years from now, I'm really screwed. <laughs> so thank you. That was just such a beautiful reflection and so lovely to hear more about your story and very inspiring to get a glimpse of, you know, how you operate in the world and the kind of beacon of light and of hope and possibility that you are for everyone. So thank you. And I just want to say, like, I have yet to read your book, and I will 100% be reading it now. Well, honestly, because you just haven't necessarily super been in my space, but meeting you today, I just felt like this has been such a nugget of wisdom and hope that I'm very excited to dive in.
1: Oh, well, I love to hear that. (laughs) Thanks for listening
0: to Sober Reference. We hope you found this content valuable and are leaving feeling inspired to drink less, live more, and meet your potential. You can find more cost-free resources on our website, www.soberreference.com. We hope that you'll connect with us on social media. Search Sober Reference now and look for our logo. Great job taking in sober positive content today. Until next time, this is Sober Reference and we are so glad that you're here.